You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Curtis. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and joining me today for our annual Bold Predictions episode is my longtime co-host, Curtis. Curtis and I are about to enter our seventh year of doing this podcast covering Georgia football. It's crazy to think it's been that long. I know some of you guys have been with us since the very beginning. Some of you guys have jumped on at different points on that journey, but regardless, we are so glad to still be here with you guys. We are so glad to have all of you listening and supporting our podcast. We really can't thank you guys enough for that, but we put out the call for bold predictions what late last week, I'd say, and you guys, as honestly should be expected at this point, you went above and beyond with the exercise this year. We, we've always had a lot of fun with this episode every year, usually right around this time, and this year will be no exception But before we get there, first, I do want to remind all of you loyal listeners out there that our podcast is now brought to you by Alumni Hall, the absolute go-to store for all of your Georgia gear needs. I've been telling you guys for a couple of weeks now, but it really is, guys. It is crunch time now. If you have not gotten your gear for the 2021 season, time is running out. You've got like, what, a week and a half to get that stuff in hand for the week one matchup with Clemson. But no worries, guys. No worries. Our guys at Alumni Hall, they have you covered. They've got the best gear from all your favorite brands, all the new arrivals, and they've got them at the best prices. They also offer a 10% discount for all UGA students and all veterans. They have a Hall Pass Rewards program that will literally give you credit towards future purchases for each dollar you spend at alumni hall so don't wait too long guys gear is flying off the shelves this time of year so you want to make sure you get it all before it's gone but you can visit them today in store in the epps bridge shopping center in athens or online at alumnihall.com the shipping is fast it's easy great customer service so if you order today it'll get to you before the season starts but I'm telling you guys, you don't want to miss out on all the great stuff that Alumni Hall has to offer. And I also want to remind you guys to follow us on our new Instagram account. It's at Glory UGA Podcast on Instagram. 
We are now less than 10 followers away from our next goal, which is gonna trigger another Instagram Live video. That's the deal, guys. For every 100 new followers we get, we are gonna do an Instagram Live video leading up to the season. We did our first one last week, and it went really, really well. It was a lot of fun. I had way more interaction than I was anticipating. I wasn't sure how it would go, but it, it was awesome. Man. I had a great time doing it. We went about almost three times as long as I had planned, but it's all good. We wanted to answer everyone's question and who knows if we get to that point again this week and we hit our next threshold who knows we might just have curtis on there with me who knows we'll see how things go but we got to get to that next threshold so we're just a few followers away so if you haven't had a chance to jump on there yet if you're new to instagram and haven't tried it out yet i'm telling you guys i actually i think I, i'm actually pretty sure i like it more than twitter it doesn't have that kind of toxic element to the degree that twitter has at times so I'm having a lot of fun with it. I really like being able to interact with you guys more directly there. So jump on over to Instagram, follow us at Podcast. All right, guys, let's get to these bold predictions. As is always the case, you guys are awesome and send in a ton of very bold predictions. There were a few repeats here and there. So if you hear us read a prediction that sounds eerily similar to yours, but we don't use your name, I promise you, trust me, we are not playing favorites. In those cases, what we did is we just went with the person that sent in the prediction first. But regardless, you guys loaded us up, and we're going to try to get through as many as we can in the window of time that we have to record today. Now, obviously, bold predictions are, by their very nature, bold. They are out there. By definition, a little outlandish. So we know that, know that going in. We just want to have fun with this and preview the season in a little bit of a different way than what is traditionally done. So it's pretty simple today. We're going to read your predictions and just react to them. Now, kind of have them grouped together here. There's a couple of uh, different predictions that kind of go with different players. For example, we got a couple about Adam Anderson. We got a couple about JT Daniel and so on. So we'll kind of group those together and kind of make our way down through this list and get to as many of them as we possibly can. But Curtis, let's start here. Adam Anderson was a popular topic of conversation when it came to these bold predictions that were sent in by our listeners. And uh, we'll start with this one. This one comes from WesB91. Really appreciate the idea, my man. And uh, Curtis, what he says, his prediction is that Adam Anderson breaks Jarvis Jones is a single season sack record. So, Kurt, again, these are supposed to be outlandish by nature. How realistic do you think that is? Like, would you be shocked if at the end of the year Adam Anderson is knocking on the door of Jarvis Jones? I would be shocked. And the only reason I say that is um, just, you know, we rotate more so. But, I mean, this year we don't have as deep a rotation as we had in the past. So, that is into Adam Anderson's, um, you know, his advantage. But the one thing I will. You know, we've always talked about the defensive scheme and how we do different things with our linebackers. Well, I think that, that we've kind of talked how that may be getting used against us in recruiting. So I don't think it's inc- incredibly outlandish <clears throat> if you think that maybe he gets released more on the quarterback than we have in the past trying to get keep building up some of these numbers so that we can be like, listen, that's two years in a row that we've had guys lead the SEC in sacks. Like that, that, <clears throat> that saying really isn't – about yeah I, I, yeah i don't I, yeah i agree like it's i wouldn't say it's a crazy idea i mean i think this is actually a pretty strong bold prediction because again these are supposed to be bold now the only thing i would say to this is like as you mentioned there curtis like traditionally under kirby smart number one we rotate a lot of guys at outside linebackers so none of these guys get enough time on the field to be able to put up those kind of numbers 
We saw uh, Aziz Ojolari have a really good season last year, but we haven't seen like those kind of numbers really since Jarvis Jones. Like Kirby Smart, we just haven't had a one single guy like that because we play so many players. Now I will say we don't have the depth in the outside linebacker room coming to this season that we have had in the past. So I think that Adam Anderson will have more opportunities this year. I mean, I've, I've made it pretty clear, guys. One of the biggest frustrations I've had over the past well, – really last year was Adam Anderson's just lack of playing time. I understand that he's lighting the bridges and he doesn't hold up as well against the run as guys like Aziz Ojolari or Jermaine Johnson in years past. I understand that. But that guy's a flat-out playmaker on defense, a game-changing type player. And rushing the passer is such a key part of the modern game because that's how you affect the quarterback, which is the most important position on the field. Adam Anderson does that better than anyone on our team. So I think is it, it is incumbent upon our coaching staff to find ways to get him on the field. you got to be creative. He might not be a traditional three, four outside linebacker, but you got to find ways to get him on the field, which I know that we are working on right now. We're playing him at star at times, doing different things, just finding ways to get him on the field so he can impact the game. So if he can play more consistently this year, which I think that he will, I feel pretty confident in that, really confident actually, I think that he will certainly make his presence felt. But getting to Jarvis Jones' single-season sack record, so he breaks it, that means he's 15, right? I think Jarvis is sitting there at 14 and a half, I, I want to say. Yeah, at the top of my head, 14 and a half. And someone I'm sure can – you guys can double-check me on that and tell me if I'm wrong. I'm sure someone's doing that right now. But, yeah, I think it's like 14 and a half. So I think if he gets to 15, like, I don't know, man. Like, that's a lot for a Georgia outside linebacker and a Kirby Smart, right? Well, not only that, but the systems have changed too. Absolutely. And just – that's what I'm saying. Like, what we do – like, okay, so we played back when Jarvis Jones broke the sack record. We played our like a true base three four defense was far more common than what it is now because offenses have changed. So you just don't play like a, a base three four like we used to, where your outside linebackers rushing the passer almost every single snap. Like Adam Anderson, if we get him on the field this year, he'll, he'll probably be playing a lot of snaps, kind of what Lorenzo Carter was doing back in 2017, where he's kind of playing that hybrid outside linebacker star position because he's got that kind of athleticism. And he'll certainly r- rush the passer from that position. But enough to get 15 sacks? I don't know. Now, if we go, all, if we do what we want to do and play for the national title this year, I mean, we'll play 15 games. So that would end up being like averaging one sack a game, which I, I think is doable. So I don't think this is out of the question. I wouldn't sit here and say I would be absolutely just flabbergasted and stunned if it happened. But I just don't know if I would go quite that far. But I do think he'll lead the team in in sacks. Um, and here's an interesting one, Curtis. The next one is sticking with Adam Anderson. It's from Alex Fountain. Appreciate it, man. He says his prediction is Adam Anderson leads the country in sacks. Leads the country. So it might not be breaking Jarvis Jones' single-season record, but leads the country in sacks. Do you think that's more or less realistic, Kurt? Um, it depends, like, what gets tossed in there, division, teams, things like that, because there may be some more teams that aren't as in the pro spread. Attack like you see up in the Big Ten, where it's not, and that's why I kind of go – think that that may not happen because the Big Ten, you see a lot more of the power run football than as much spread as you do down here, it feels like, with the speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and I was wrong. It was 13 and a half, actually. I just looked up real quick. Jarvis Jones was 13 and a half sacks, so he's got to get to 14. So a little more doable. Um, all right, let's go back. So last year wasn't a full season, so we're not going to we're gonna throw that out. If you go back to 2019, Chase Young led the, led the country in sacks at 16 and a half. Go back to 2018, Jalen Ferguson. 17 and a half, Josh Allen from Kentucky, 17. So, yeah, he, he would have to break Jarvis's record almost certainly to get to that number, right? To be leading the country in sacks. So, 
I'm going to say no on this. Uh, again, like I, I, I see where you're coming from. I think I, I think you guys are all like I am. You're high on Anderson and his potential and what he can do rushing the passer if we just get him on the field. Again, he's supposed to be outlandish, so we're not coming down anyone at all. Um, but got, if Adam Anderson leads the country in sacks, I think that's another indicator that we're going to win the national title if that happens. If he's that impactful and we find ways to get him on the field that consistently, then I think that speaks volumes for what we're going to be able to do defensively because we already know how good we are against the run. And then if we have a guy that's leading the country in sacks, then I just don't know anyone's going to be able to do anything against us offensively. I just don't know. So I would go towards probably not happening here. But this next one, Curtis, now this one I think is much more realistic. All right, this is from C. Turley Jr. Appreciate it, man. He, his prediction is that Adam Anderson and Nolan Smith combine for 18-plus sacks. Now, how realistic do you see that being? Um, I see that being pretty realistic, especially if Anderson's close to double di- or over double digits. I think it makes it a lot more manageable. I mean, okay, let's 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 talk about Anderson double digit for a second. Do you feel how confident do you feel with him getting to double digit sacks? I am if with all all the reps that he's out there to get, um, I think he has the ability to yes. Double I think double digits is very realistic. If somebody would have made that prediction, it was like, hey, Adam Anderson is going to get the double-digit sacks this year. I said, you know what? Like, I think I'm with you on that. I actually, I think that's probably going to happen. If I had to predict right now, I'd say that probably would happen. But, all right, so if he gets double digits, so let's go back to the past couple of years. All right, I'm, again, I'm going to throw out last year as it wasn't a full season. Go back to 2019. We had Aziz with five and a half. Then we had Nolan Smith with two and a half. Um, Anderson with two. Jermaine Johnson with one and a half. So, like, they barely got to 10 combined, like four guys at outside linebackers. So we're saying that Adam Anderson and Nolan Smith are going to get to 18 by I say yes, because the thing is, especially if Anderson's having a good year and teams start game playing against him, that's going to open it up even more for Nolan. Yeah, it's, I, I don't think this one is, is really too far off the mark. I, I'm going to go, I would buy this. I would buy this. I, I, it's a it's a very hesitant buy, but I'm going to buy it. I, it's not a confident buy, but I, I will buy it because I do think both of these guys are going to just they're going to play more than the other than they than like any other pair of outside linebackers, outside linebackers that we've had in the Kirby Smart era. Does that make sense, Kirk? We just don't have as, enough of those guys. We have Robert yeah. Beal and then Chaz Chambliss. I, I just think those two are going to see a lot of playing time. I, I the reason it's not like it's not a hard buy; it's a very soft buy is, again, just going back to what you said earlier, just the way that we structure our defense and what we ask our outside linebackers to do. Now, I do think Adam Anderson, we're going to ask him to do different things because he has a different skill set. But we're just going to ask Nolan to do a lot of what Aziz did last year. He's going to have to set the edge and do a better job of that this year. But, hey, Aziz was still really effective last year, even though he was asked to do all those things. He was still right up there at the tops of the SEC in terms of of, of rushing the passer and his sack numbers. So, you know what? I'm going to buy this one. A soft buy, but I'll buy it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. All right, let's move on here. Let's talk about a different player. Let's talk about the running backs for a second here, Curtis. Now, you and I have been on this. We've talked about this a lot during the offseason. It seems like people are listening, and, and maybe you guys, you probably already had these ideas yourself because you watched them play just like we did. There's a reason we've been very high on Kendall Milton because Kendall Milton is a total package at running back. He, he does it all. He, he can catch the ball in the backfield. He can run through the tackles. He's got very quick feet, can make you miss in space, all those things. So Kevin Hatcher, Curtis, says Kendall Milton gets the first carry of 2021. Is that too bold for you? Yeah, 100% too bold because even if um, Zeus and everything, even if Kendall wins the job eventually, the fact is Zeus is the number one guy. He's the leader on that team. They're never going to not give him the ball to start the year. I mean, the only other person I think that could get the ball would be James Cook, but it's going to be one of those two that gets the first run. Yeah, I think you're spot on there. Look, I, I told you guys before, I'll say it again. I do believe Kendall Milton is the best running back on this team. It would not shock me if by the end of the year, he is our starting running back, getting the first carries in games. But you're exactly right, Curtis. Entering the season, game one against Clemson, I have a hard time believing that Kendall Milton's going to try it out there as the first running back with the number ones. And he's going to get that very first carry. Now, he might get more carries than Zeus does throughout the course of that game. I'm open to that idea. I just I don't think he's going to get the first carry. And again, uh, Kevin, I really appreciate it, man. I, these are designed to be out there. Absolutely, they're, they're bold, right? So not not coming down to you at all. But yeah, I just I, I would say I would lean towards Zeus here getting that first carry. Doesn't mean he'll get the majority of the carries or the lion's share of the carries. But I, I think he's pretty clearly going to get that first carry. And you're right. If it's not Zamir White, then James Cook would be the next candidate as the upperclassman, and then we'll kind of see how that rotation goes from there. But I, I feel pretty confident saying it's going to be one of those two, and not Kendall Milton getting the first carry. But what about this one, Curtis? This comes from uh, Zach Wellborn. Appreciate it, Zach. Zach's been a long-time listener, man. Really appreciate you, buddy. And Zach's prediction is that Kendall Milton goes for over 1,000 yards rushing this year. Now, this is uh, this is one that we got from quite a few different people. As I mentioned earlier, we got some of these were repeats. And this is why I think we got this from like three or four different people. But I think Zach was the first one I saw us in this in. So we're going with Zach here. So Kendall Milton goes over 1,000 yards, Curtis. Buy or sell that? I'm going to sell it. Um, just the biggest thing is I think that with the other two guys, even if Kendall Milton gets more carries, it's going to be hard for him to get over 1,000 with getting that many carries unless you know he just continuously breaks big, long runs. I just don't see it happening. What do you think the breakdown is going to be like? I, I know we have no idea, but if you had to predict right now, a couple weeks before the season starts, less than two weeks before the season, the season starts now, what's going to be like the, the running back carry distribution? You're like, how – like how much how much of a share of the carries does Kendall Milton actually get when it's all said and done? I could see thirty to thirty to thirty five percent. I mean, and that's a low number, yes. But you got to think of uh, there's realistically three good running backs, and you still have Kenny McIntosh in there. Yeah, I would throw Kenny McIntosh in that mix. I I think Kendall Milton's. I would take Kendall over Kenny right now, but I don't think there's a huge gap there. I think Kenny McIntosh is a really good running back in his own right. So there's just. There's just so many dudes back there that can play and so many guys that we want to get the ball to and so many guys that deserve to, to get some carries that 
I think it's going to be hard for Kendall Milton to get enough. I think you're right. I would I would say I think 30 to I'd say 25 to 35%, something around there. Now, I you know maybe he just explodes when he gets those opportunities early in the season and he becomes like the clear guy, but I just I don't know. I know our coaches love Zamir White. I know James Cook is obviously going to have a role in this team and we're going to try to find more ways to get him the ball. I just don't know if there's going to be enough carries there for Kendall Milton to get 1000. Now, this next one, Kurt, this is another interesting one here. So it's not necessarily just Kendall Milton. It's all of our running backs as a whole. This is from Jay Chambliss, 52. His prediction is that Georgia does not have one single back break a 1,000 yards rushing. What do you think about that, Kurt? Are you going to buy or sell that one? I'm going to sell that. I think Zeus will or one of them is going to, especially Zeus. fact is he had 11 games last year, and he almost broke it. And – you know, for a while that we couldn't do anything those first four games running the ball at all. Um, not nowhere near what we should have, especially with Stetson or, or the first six games, really. Um, yeah. I don't know. What, or, yeah, about that. And the thing is, we just had no run game whatsoever in those games. And a lot of it came down to the lack of quarterback play. And yet we still almost got there. I mean, when is the last time? I know this is a different year, right? But when is the last time? I mean, I try to think about this and I couldn't come up with it. Off the top of your head, Kirst. Can you come up with a year? Was the, was the last time that we did not have at least 1,000-yard rusher? Probably bef- the year before. I mean, it's got to be pre, pre-Gurley. It's probably – I don't know if Crowell got 1,000, actually. It may be Crowell. So, okay. I think so, he got injured – or he battled some injuries. You're thinking 2011? It has to be two, 2011, you're right. Yeah, he had he, – yeah, 850, 2011. Yeah. Good call. And then 2012 would come back. That was Gurley's first year. So it was that transition year. Yeah, between, yep, 2011. And 2010, so 2009 would have been, I'm trying to think, 2009 would have been Ely, right? That was the Ely year. So I don't think he didn't get to 1,000. He was like 700. And 2010 was Ely again. I don't think he got, yeah. So I think like, I don't think we had a 1,000 yard rusher like 9, 10, or 11. I don't think because that was like right after No Sean. No Sean's two thousand eight, so I think there was that gap between No Sean and Gurley from like, yeah, it's nine, ten, eleven. I don't think we had anyone who was a thousand yards. So it's been a decade, right? It's been a decade since we have been in a situation where we didn't have a thousand yard rusher. And look, I know that we're trying to open things up offensively, so I see where we're coming from here, Jay Chambliss. I totally get it. So we're trying to open things up offensively. We have this quarterback now. We have multiple guys in the back. But it's not just one or two guys. Not just like a two-headed monster like Sony and Nick or Keith Marshall and Todd Gurley or Todd Gurley and, and Nick Chubb. It's not just a two-headed monster. It's like a four-headed monster. We have four guys that legitimately could really start for just about any team in the SEC, like legitimately, most teams in the SEC. So I get where you're coming from here, but you're right, Curtis. Even, those guys were on the team last year, and we, what we played 10 games, right, Ten, with a bowl game, played 10 games, and Zeus was like right at all, just a hair under 800 yards rushing. So – now, and now I will say that Kendall Milton and McIntosh will probably eat if they can stay healthy. Will probably even those carries a little bit this year, but I would still put my money. If I had to bet on it, I'm not super confident on this, but if I had to bet on it, just based on how Kirby likes his offense, right? Even though we're trying to open things up a little bit, we're still going to run the football. Todd Munkin still likes to run the football, so I, I I would err on the side of saying yes, we'll have a thousand yard rusher. I guess if I had to predict it, would be Zeus because I just think he's going to start the year as the guy, and we'll see how it progresses from there. I think we'll have at least one, but I, I I don't think this is a crazy one, right? Right, Kurt? I think this one, like, this is kind of realistic, but... It I'm is, especially if we throw the ball and everything. It, it makes it, you know, not crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, if we throw the ball as much as I think we will, which is more than we have under Kirby Smart, and we have four different guys back there that deserve carry. So, like, I don't think it's a, an insane one. I would just say, like, it's been a decade since we haven't had a thousand yard rusher. And again, if we play 15 games, if we're as good as we want to be, and we play 15 games this year, that's just more opportunities for guys to rack up those yards and somebody to break a thousand. So I would, I would slightly err on the side of, of selling this and say, I'll have that. We'll have at least one guy break a thousand yards. All right, let's move on. We've got one here about the receiver position. Curtis This is from Garrett. Appreciate it, Garrett. And his prediction is that true freshman AD Mitchell, been getting a lot of hype going back to the spring. A.D. Mitchell will lead Georgia in receiving and break the 1,000-yard marker. So he's got a, a double whammy here, Curtis. Lead us in receiving and break the 1,000-yard marker while doing it. Yeah, I'm going to sell that. And just the biggest reason is I'm big on uh, Trey, or, uh, Jermaine Burton. So I just don't know if he, he's going to be able to beat out Burton like when it comes to getting those reps. Yeah, I'm big on Jermaine Burton. Are, I, what, what about Marcus Rosemey Jackson? I mean, he's back 100% right now, practicing in full with the ones. I think he's a guy You are that, hearing like, a lot of good about him too. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Burton's probably like, if you had to put money on one of those guys to be the, the to lead the team in receiving this year, I mean, Burton's probably the safe bet. Like he's the one you'd probably go with, but I don't think it's crazy to think that Marcus Rosemey Jackson, if he truly is back to 100%, might be that guy this year, potentially. So I would put both those guys ahead of AD just because they've been in the system uh, an extra year. I know that Marcus Rosemey is coming off the, the ankle injury. His leg basically fell off. I know that, but he's back. He's practicing. I was extraordinarily high on him coming out of high school, as, as I was with Jermaine Burton. AD Mitchell, I'm very excited about him. I think he's going to do a lot of really good things for us. I think he'll be a key part of our rotation at receiver. I just don't know if he will surpass either one of those two this season. So I'm going to go with... I'm probably going to sell both of these, but I do think that A.D. Mitchell is going to play a lot. I think he's going to make a lot of plays for us. I think he will have about 500-plus yards receiving. I just I don't see him breaking 1,000 as a true freshman. I hope I'm wrong because that would be insane. If he if he's that good and he's getting that many looks on top of Jermaine Burton, Marcus Rosemey, Jack St., Justin Robinson, all these different guys that we've got, I mean, that would be – I mean, God, it would be almost unstoppable, especially with our running backs. But I, right now, I would say I would lean towards selling. I'm pretty confident to sell on that one. All right, next one. I've got a couple here about JT Daniels, as you might imagine. Again, this is another one where we had a couple of different people send us very similar predictions. Uh, the first one I saw here was from B.W. Giddens, so I really appreciate it, man. And his prediction is that JT Daniels breaks Aaron Murray's single-season Georgia passing record. Kurt, realistic? I think that is realistic, yeah. And so Aaron, Aaron didn't remind me if, or just correct me if I'm wrong here, Curtis. He never hit 4,000 yards, right? I think he was close in 2012. He was like just a hair under 3,900. Let me check this out real quick. Yeah, 38.93, 38.93 single season George record back in 2012. Guys, guys, I mean, and Curtis, you know this. Top quarterbacks in this day and age, especially now with the college playoff, we have an extra game there. They are throwing routinely for over 4,000 yards. Offensive football has changed. I mean, think what JT, JT threw for almost over a thousand, or at least I think he threw for over a thousand in four games. Yeah, so four games last year, JT, and really a couple of those games, it was like twelve. I think it was like yeah, twelve hundred thirty-one yards. So yeah, against Mississippi State, he put up forty yards. First quarterback to put up a forty-yard passing game in the Kirby Smart tenure. But if you look at like the South Carolina, especially. 
after about halfway through the second quarter, we just weren't even trying to score. You know, honestly, we just weren't even trying. So those numbers could be even higher. So if you extrapolate that out, so I, I know you can't do this, but let's extrapolate it out. So in four games, he threw for twelve thirty-one. So let's say we multiply that by. I know we only play fit. Let's let's say let's just say three. Let's say regular season. So twelve thirty-one times three puts him at thirty-seven hundred yards just in the regular season. If you extrapolate that out, okay. Then if you if we potentially are fortunate to get to the SEC title game, you get to a bowl game, or, or hopefully a playoff game. If you get to the national championship game, like we all want to, we'll see if that happens. Like we all want to. I mean, we're easily talking close to 4,000 yards and certainly breaking Aaron Murray's record. So I'm going to buy that one. Actually, I think that will happen. I think JT Daniels will break Aaron Murray's single season passing record this year. I'm with you on that one. Not only do I think that one's not crazy, I think it's pretty spot on there. Um, All right. So if we think that JT is going to break Aaron Murray's single season Georgia passing record, this next one logically follows Curtis. This is from Charles Pearson. Another one that we got multiple times. And this one is the first one I saw of its kind. And uh, what Charles is predicting is that JT Daniels is on the stage at the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Not saying he's going to win it, but that he will be on the stage in New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Kurt, buying or selling? I want to sell it just because he doesn't have that running aspect. But the fact is that Mac Jones made it last year kind of changed it to where if he has a really good just puts up ridiculous numbers passing, then I think you do have the possibility once again to get back onto the stage. All right, so Mac Jones, that's, that's the one I was going to go with, right, Kirk? Because, like, that's the comparison. Like, I'm not saying JT is going to be Mac Jones, but the numbers that Mac Jones put up last year, I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is that you're exactly right. In terms of, like, physical profile, they kind of fit each other, right? They're guys that neither one of them is going to be a guy that's going to really hurt you with his legs. They kind of need playmakers around them, but I think the physical profile is pretty similar there. And if you look at Mac Jones, I mean, gosh, man, like in a, in a COVID-shortened season last year, put up 4,500 yards, 11.2 yards per attempt, 41 touchdowns, four interceptions. But those are the kind of numbers that you have to put up, right, Kurt, to be involved in the Heisman conversation. Like that's what you've got to do. You've, yeah, you've clearly got to be – on a winning team, a team that's competing for a national championship. But if you don't put up numbers like that, something close to that, then you're just not going to be really in consideration. Now I will like being in New York and I actually having a realistic chance to win it are two different things, but we're going to have to have a really good season, which I think that we will. We'll talk more about that next week. We'll get to that very, very soon. But not only do we have to have a good season, he's going to have to put up monster numbers, put up numbers that a Georgia quarterback has never, ever touched in the history of our program. It's really possible. It's a new age in college football. It's a new era of offensive football. I'm really high on Todd Munkin. I, I think JT can be that, can be a really, really good player for us. But I will also say, we ha- like we saw it in a four-game sample size. And two of those games were against teams that weren't particularly good. Mississippi State, I know, threw for 400. They were good defensively. They were also really banged up on defense in that game. South Carolina was a, a COVID train wreck without their head coach. They were they had just basically quit by that time. So I don't – like, I, I'm high on JT. I think he'd be the best quarterback that we have had at Georgia in a long, long time. I think he can put up some numbers that we haven't seen Georgia quarterbacks do. I just don't know if it will be enough to get him in the Heisman Trophy conversation, even though – He'll be a high-profile guy because our team will have that kind of success. I just don't know if we put the numbers up. It's, it's become a stat-driven 
award. It really has been. It's become a, a, it's a stat-driven award, and I just I don't know if we've got those kind of results. We're still going to run the football a lot. I know Alabama did last year as well, but I just – I don't know. I don't, I, right now, I'm going to sell that. I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's out, out of the question, but right now I would lean towards selling that at this point. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Um, all right, we've got another one from Charles Pearson here. So we're going to go back to the wide receivers here for a second, Curtis. All right, this is, this is a very bold one. This one is very, very bold. So I love this, Charles. I love this one, man. So Charles is predicting that we will have not one, but two wide receivers that go for over 1,000 yards receiving in 2021. Kurt, what do you think about that one, man? Yeah, I'm going to have to sell it. And just, you know, the reason is we haven't had one in so long that I can't, you know. But but let's also, you're right. We've had one in our history, Terrence Edwards, 2002. But it is a different era of offensive football, right? Yeah, but we, I, will, I want to get one before I think we have to, we can have two. <laughs> Fair, yeah. We can't be greedy. I'll, I'll take one at this point. So I'm trying to think, okay, so last year, I don't think there were two teammates that went for over 1,000. Um, LSU, yeah, 2019 LSU have, I think both of them went for over 1,500. Yeah, let me look this up. Yeah, Jamar Chase, 1,780. Justin Jefferson, 1,540. So they had two guys that went for over 1,000. Alabama, I think, also did that same year. I think Devontae Smith, I'm I'm positive he did. I think Jerry Judy also did. I'm pretty sure theirs. They had two guys. So it's not unprecedented in the modern age, but you're right, Kirsten. Like for Georgia fans who just like we've never seen that here. It's a different era of football. I totally get that. But like you're right. Like we have to see one of them before we sit here and say two. And I think we have guys that have that potential. I think Jermaine Burton has that potential. I think Marcus Rosemey Jackson has that potential. I think George Pickens had that potential. Obviously, he won't really be able to do that this year. Uh, maybe A.D. Mitchell has that potential down the road. I think we have some guys that can do that kind of thing. I just, just like, what have we seen from those guys at this point? I mean, you got one A.D. Mitchell's a true freshman. You've got two that are rising sophomores. One of them missed half the year when his leg fell off. So I, I don't know what we've seen from them at this point to suggest, oh, yeah, they're both going to go for over 1,000 yards. I hope that's the case. I really hope I'm way, way off on this. And I, and I know, like, the, the, Charles, you you lived up to it, man. You lived up to the request. We asked for bowl predictions, and you gave us a bowl one, man, so really appreciate it. I wish I could say I think this is going to happen. I just – I don't know. I don't I don't see it. Curtis, what, okay, what if I change this? I'm, I'm going to throw one at you here. We will have one wide receiver, a single wide receiver, go for 1,000 yards this year. I could buy that. I'm – going to buy that i think i don't know who it's going to be i think we have candidates to do it i do think we're going to throw the ball more i think we'll play enough games for that to be a possibility i think we have a quarterback that can get the ball to them in a way that we haven't had in the kirby smart era i'm and i think kirby smart has kind of opened up the idea he realizes i mean i've heard him say it straight up he knows that we've got to be more explosive in offense we've got to open things up so i think that's going to happen this year and i do think that we'll have 
I feel solid about having a gag over a thousand yards. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a done deal. I'm not saying write it in stone, but I, I feel there's a really, really good shot there. So if it's one thousand receiver, I can go with that too. I'm, I'm not quite ready for yet. Um, all right. Now this is uh now this one's interesting, Curtis. Now this one is, it's got a lot of different parts here. So I like this. All right. So this is from John Picker, actually the John Picker on Instagram. So I appreciate it, John. John's predicting that we're going to have at least one 1,000 yard receiver. You and I are both, we just talked about that kind of on board there, but one 1,000 yard receiver along with two 500 yard receivers and a thousand yard rusher. He said, Kendall Milton breaks a thousand yards. I'm going to say just a thousand yard rusher. You see that happening? I'm going to sell it. I just don't, I couldn't see the two 500 yards, maybe one of those guys, but not two. We just have so many guys that we're going to get the ball to, right? Yeah. That's why I can't go to 500 yarders. I could go with a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. I think a thousand yards is very doable. Two 500 yard receivers. So I, I think we have like a, let's say Jermaine Burton goes for a thousand. I think you have potentially Mark Rosemi Jackson going for over 500 and maybe even A.D. Mitchell going for over 500. I, I don't know. It's an interesting one. But you got Brock Bowers, you got Darnell Washington once he gets healthy. You got James Cook who's going to be involved in the pass. All of our running backs will be involved in the passing game. So, yeah, like I think the thousand receiver, thousand yard rusher is very, very realistic. But the two five hundred yard, if, if it was just one five hundred yard receiver, I would buy this completely, hundred percent. I'm all in on it. But two five hundred yard guys, I just think there's too many guys we want to get the ball to right now to say there's gonna be two of them along with a full thousand yard receiver. All right, couple more here, Kirby. We have time for a few more. Uh, we talked about Adam Anderson. Let's talk about Nolan Smith a little bit. Nolan Smith got some love in these in these predictions here. So this one's from Trenton Rose. Really appreciate Trenton. Uh, Trenton predicts that Nolan Smith will win the Butkus Award. So if you guys aren't familiar with that, which I'm sure you are, it's the award for the top linebacker in the country. Kurt, any chance that happens? I'm going to sell it. If you had said Kobe Dean, then yeah, I could have bought it. But no, not Nolan. And I just... Don't I mean if I and especially if I had to pick between one of the outside linebackers, I'd go with Anderson, who's more likely to be more explosive in the um, pass passing game. Well, I think I think he's going to be asked to rush a passer, not set the edge as much as Nolan will. I think I think you're right; he'll have more opportunities there. And let's be real: all these awards are all numbers based. No one cares about you setting the edge. They don't because most people who vote they don't understand what setting the edge is. They can't pick that out. They they look at numbers, things they can measure tangibly. They don't actually watch those things. They're all stat driven. So yeah, I. I actually agree with that, Curtis. I think I would go with Anderson over Nolan here for that reason. I think he will put up better num- better sack numbers, and that's what people who vote on these things actually watch and care about. They don't actually watch the games. They just look at the numbers and say, oh, yeah, this guy. Oh, I saw his highlight. Oh, yeah, I saw that one. I saw him get that sack that one time. But I think Nolan could have a big year. Like, do you, like how, how close do you think Nolan comes to be, like, really living up to that number one, former number one overall recruit hype, Kurt? I'm hoping it's this year. I just still am a little – yeah, he hasn't. His body just hasn't made the changes that are kind of needed to make that. He hasn't added the mass. He hasn't gotten much bigger, to be honest. That's my concern. And you know, I was watching. I was going back and rewatching. Uh, I think it was maybe the last weekend. Yeah, because college football starts next week or this week, guys. So uh, I was watching one last time, one last pass through some of the old games from last year. And I was I went back for whatever reason, man, just for masochistic purposes i guess and watch the alabama georgia game again on saturday night and just watch nolan like compare him when he was in there for his reps to aziz when aziz was in there and 
he had a, he just had, and this is nothing new, just kind of reinforced it to me because I hadn't gone back and watched some of our games in a while. I've been watching other teams doing this guy on the enemy stuff. And um, he just kind of just reinforced me that he had some issues setting the edge last year. He just wasn't consistent there. Guys got around the corner far too often with him there. I mean, Najee Harris a couple of times in that game, and it was straight up when Nolan Smith was supposed to be setting the edge there, and he just didn't do it consistently. It, it was like he's his technique was fine to start with. He just had trouble disengaging at times. And I think that's just something he's really got to improve on. And he just got to get bigger there. I mean, he just hasn't been as big and strong as, as a guy like Aziz or Jermaine Johnson was, to be honest with you. So we'll see there. I, I, I'm a believer in Nolan. I think Nolan can be a really good player for us. I'm certainly not giving up on Nolan. I think he's gonna have a, a big year for us this year. I just, I, I'm agree with you, Curtis. It's a more of a numbers based thing. Like all these awards are. So if I had to pick one linebacker, probably Adam Anderson, and maybe even to Kobe or Quay Walker ahead of Nolan at this point. I, I honestly, I, I hate to say that because I think you know, Nolan is a guy that people have a high expectations for with his recruiting hype, and I think he can still live up to that. But I just, again, it's based off what we're asking we're asking guys to do with our within our defensive structure. Um, all right, this next one, Curtis, is not quite as bold. Um, but speaking of Nolan Smith, one, one, one more here with him. So from Joshua Scott, really appreciate it, Joshua. And he says that his prediction is Nolan Smith realizes his true potential and is a first-team All-American. So not a Buckus Award, but a first-team All-American. Kurt, do you see that as a possibility for Nolan this year? I'm going to have to sell that. And also, just I just don't know if he'll put up the numbers. as simple as that. Yeah, I, I, I agree, man. I What if I said a first-team All-SEC? I could see that more being a little bit closer, but not first-team All-American. I think if we are really good this year and we win the SEC like we all want to do, then I think he'll be a big reason for that, and I think he'll play well enough to deserve that. Plus, he'll get, obviously, the recognition of these plays for Georgia, and there's just a lot of attention that comes along with that if you're on one of the best teams in the country. Because we, all know, we don't all know how these All-American lists work anyway. It's not always necessarily about the guy who's the best, truly the best player. All the time, it's the best players who get the most exposure, all that kind of stuff. So I think Nolan could could benefit from that. And I think Nolan's going to have a good year. I really do. So I can see first-team All-SEC. First-team All-American right now, I still think it's a little bit of a stretch. I need to see more from him. He needs to be a more consistent player. Again, I go back to numbers. You're right, Curse. It's a numbers thing when it comes to these All-American lists, these Buckets Award, whatever award it is. It's a numbers thing. And I just don't know if he's going to put up those kind of numbers. I go back to it, go back to Adam Anderson, who we started this episode with. I think he will put up better numbers, which is what people who vote for these things actually look at. So I would go with Adam Anderson being a first-team All-American ahead of Nolan Smith, even though Nolan Smith might be the better all-around player when the season's all said and done. All right, last one, Curtis. We've got, one, we've got time for one more before we get out of here, and this is a good one to end on. So this is from Britton J. I really appreciate it, Britton. Um, this is a good one, Kurt. A Nick Saban assistant finally beats the old master in parentheses, hopefully Kirby Smart. So I guess it doesn't have to be Kirby Smart because he's going to have a couple of chances to play, or it would be former assistants who have a chance to play him a couple of different times this year. We've got obviously Jimbo Fisher with Texas A&M. You've got Lane Kiffin with Ole Miss, and obviously, of course, Kirby Smart here in Athens if, if we end up playing them in the SEC title game, if we get there and if they get there. So, Kurt, is this the year it happens? Is it still never, ever happen? Is this the year somebody takes down the old man? I could buy it just because, I mean, their defense is going to be good, but their offense – I mean, I still think the offense will be good, but they have some – they're going to have some growing pains themselves. But realistically, if I had to say, I think the only one that could do it would be Georgia, and I say that because I think A&M is grossly overrated going into this year. So I think they're being a little bit overhyped in their own right. That's my opinion. 
Um, so, but, and I just still don't think Ole Miss has the weapons to do it. Um, or, you know, just the whole, the whole team that they need to get it. Yeah. Done. I think they have the weapons offensively. It was yeah. Can't just, not the, just not the defense yeah. and things like that. But, um, I think it's I could, I, I'm, I'm close to buying it. Um, but it, like I said, if it was going to happen, it'd only be us in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, this is a tough one, man. I don't want to spoil this because we're going to do our preview show next week. We got a lot of stuff to talk about there. We're gonna, we're gonna pick the the records for every single team. We're gonna predict every single team's record. We got the helmet schedules. We're picking every single game, and we'll give you our take on all that with, with some detailed explanations next week. But I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a, of a tease here, a little bit of a taste. I still haven't officially decided. There's still a couple games I'm trying to, to to decide on before I finalize all my picks. But I think there's a strong chance that Alabama does not make it to Atlanta this year. Is that crazy, Kurt? I think that's crazy. I just don't think the West is that strong. Really? I, see, I, uh, I don't know, man. I, you're right. Okay, I think a and I agree with you that a and is overhyped coming in this year based off of last year. Questions at quarterback, losing along the offensive line. I'm, and I don't think they're explosive enough offensively, honestly. So I'm with you there. I think LSU could potentially be a team to watch out for now with Miles Brennan going down. That certainly caused me to back off that a little bit. But I just, in part, but. So maybe Alabama is, is the team. I just I don't think this is a vintage Alabama team. Is is the bottom line for me. Now Auburn's not going to be good enough this year to really to unseat them. I don't think that's going to happen. I just don't think this is a vintage Alabama team. I don't think it's as near as good as Bama from last year. I don't think it's as good as Bama from two years ago. I just don't think it's that kind of team. I think they're going to be really, really, really good, and, and maybe good enough to win the West. Or maybe you're right. Maybe AM is not going to be as good as people think they are. Maybe LSU. Maybe. Uh, Max Johnson is not the guy potentially, although I think LSU has a lot of talent all over that football team. But they do have to go two bad rouge. That's a, or they do have to go two Tuscaloosa. That's going to be a tough game. So maybe it is Alabama. And I'm still going back and forth on that. I haven't officially decided on some of those games yet. But if we do play Alabama and we're fortunate enough to get there to the SEC title game, I think that we have a better roster this year. They're going to be really good defensively. But they've won the past couple of years on the strength of their offense. And I don't know if their offense is going to be that dynamic this year. I think it's going to be really good. Bryce Young's going to be really good. You know, Bill O'Brien's a good coordinator. We know he can call plays. We've seen that. But there is a transition offense coordinator. You're losing all those receivers. You're losing Najee Harris. There are some questions with Alabama offense, which has clearly been the engine to that Alabama team the past couple of years. Now, I do expect them to be better defensively. But as we've talked about for a couple of years now, this is an offensive game. So if we do play Alabama in the SEC title game, I think this is going to be the year. So, yes, if, if we play them, we're going to be there. If they don't get to the SEC title game, it's probably because they lost to one of his former assistants along the way, whether it was Jimbo or Lane or whatever. So I'm going to say, yeah, I think this is the year it finally happens. And maybe I'm crazy. And I don't, I don't know how super strong I feel about that. But if I had to pick a side, I'd lean towards that. But all right, guys, that does it for today here on the Glory UGA podcast. We really appreciate you guys listening to the show, supporting us here on the pod. Thanks again to all of you who have already given us one of those five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. We're getting really, really close. I think we're one away now. We're one review away from hitting 300, which was our goal before the season started. So if you haven't yet, you really, truly could be the one to put us over the top. And also, thank you to everyone who has already thrown us a follow on Instagram. We're having a lot of fun interacting with you guys. If you haven't yet, jump on there, guys. I'm telling you, we're going to have a lot of great content for you guys throughout the season, kind of bring you some stuff live on location from every game. So it'll be kind of a different side of the Glory UGA podcast and bring you some different content that we can't exactly bring you 
on this like exclusively auditory medium. So it allows us to do some more visual stuff and just do some cool interactive type things to you guys. So that's at GloryUGA Podcast on Instagram. But thanks again for listening, guys. For Curtis, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs. <laughs>